youth who had summoned them stood beside a plump, indignant woman at the front of the crowd. The thick pile of faded red hair beneath her mob cap left Lavender in no doubt that this was Ma. The woman was berating an official gent in spectacles and a smart topcoat. The object of her derision looked worried and clutched a sheaf of papers in his gloved hands. The furious matron ceased her cursing and gesticulation and glanced up as Lavender arrived by her side. "'Detective Stephen Lavender from Bow Street,' he announced. "'Who summoned us, and why?' He sensed the burly figure of Constable Woods at his right shoulder. "'About time, too,' snapped the ruddy-faced matron. "'This fellow's about to kill a gal.' The crowd behind them murmured in anger. "'What does he plan to do?' asked Woods loudly. "'Beat her to death with a piece of paper?' Laughter rippled around the crowd. Lavender resisted the urge to smile. His experienced constable had a great knack for diffusing tension. Woods had the common touch, a trait Lavender lacked. The detective glanced around and took in the situation at once. A group of labourers armed with shovels and picks and the long hooks they used to pull down rotten-timbered buildings stood beside large, empty carts. "'I'm Algernon Price from the Duke of Bedford's estate office.' the official protested. This building is due to be demolished, and this woman, these people, are hindering us in our work. His neck flushed red with embarrassment as one or two in the crowd jeered his words. The feisty woman beside him jerked a flower-whitened finger in the direction of Rally Close. There's a young gal inside there, she told him. They're going to bring the building down on top of her head and kill her. Now a murmur of dissent rose around them. Lavender switched his gaze to the rotten two-story structure before him. Overgrown with weeds and ivy, the ancient building sagged. Large sections leant perilously forward. It looked like one strong gust of wind would topple the lot. The place is derelict and empty, Price continued. It hasn't been used for years, except by vagabonds and rogues, and the Duke of Bedford's estate has instructed me to demolish it. Lavender nodded. He heard the creak and strain of the crumbling structure from where he stood. Most of the thatched roof was gone or hung down in black, moldy clumps from the smoke-blackened beams. A large flock of starlings and some crows had made their home amongst the rafters, no doubt attracted by the insects in the ivy that smothered most of the building. The birds fluttered in and out of the gaping holes in the roof and the glassless windows. Lavender could smell the stench of decay from the street. This young woman, why haven't you asked her to leave? he asked. Or removed her by force, Woods added. Because we can't find her, said the exasperated official. Every time we enter the building, she runs away from us and hides. The rooms and corridors in there are like a rabbit warren. We've shouted and shouted, but still she hides. She's probably terrified of you, said the indignant matron. Who are you, madam? Lavender asked. Jaquetta Egan, she informed him. I own the bakery on the other side of the street. She jerked a thumb behind them. This is my son, Nathaniel. She patted the tousled head of the young boy who had summoned them. A cloud of flour rose, then settled onto his hair. Who is this mysterious young woman, Mistress Higgin? Lavender asked. Well, I don't rightly know, but I know she's in there. 
What about you, Mr. Price? I have no idea. We haven't caught sight of her yet. She eludes us every time. Well, how do you know she's in there if you haven't seen her? Constable Woods sounded bewildered. His comment echoed Lavender's own thoughts. Because of the infant! Mistress Higgins' voice rose with exasperation. The infant? Yes, we can hear its piteous cries as she runs from room to room, carrying the child. Why do you think she is running, madam? Lavender asked. Mistress Higgins scowled and gave him a look of contempt. Tis obvious. The poor gal is terrified. She might be a foreigner and not speak the king's English. As if on cue, the desperate and pitiful wailing of a newborn babe drifted towards them on the chill breeze. The hairs on the back of Lavender's neck stood up. There was something unearthly about that cry.